Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking about a movie about perhaps not the technically the best, but arguably the most famous accordion player in an extremely specific genre of music. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. We're talking about Weird, the Al Yankovic story. The biopic that is based on Al Yankovic's true story his about real his real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I, up front, I'm just going to say, I love that they did this the way they did this oh, yeah. as a parody. I, I mean, this is what he does. There's no other way to make a Weird Al biopic. Right. That You have to do it this way. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. it was... Such a good idea. I really like they went this route. It, I mean, it's a parody of every... It felt like a little bit like Walk Hard, yep. which was a parody of biopics. But this one felt like more earnest, I think, than yeah. Walk Hard. Walk Hard was definitely out there to like satirize like everything. Yeah. But this was out there to satirize Al's life, which I think is amazing. He's picked on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe picked on is a little too harsh. He has played with everybody else's stuff. Now he gets to play with his own stuff? Wait, that sounds wrong, too. <laughs> Never mind. That sounds... You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Okay. It, there's definitely inspiration from some of the newer biopics out there. There right. was A Star is Born, oh, yeah. something in there. There's the also Doors. The Doors, yeah. Rocket Man, <laughs> yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. There's something from a lot of these newer ones, but yeah. they were just real quick little scenes, and then you kind of move on, and you're back into this crazy story that's happening. This so. is a fantastic, crazy story. Now, so we, I mean, we're not going to do this. Have you seen this movie before? Because it's relatively recent. I know you hadn't seen it. What I want to ask is, you are you a fan of Weird Al's music? I don't know if I'd call myself a fan. Okay. However, when the songs are on, I'm kind of like bopping along and singing the words along with it. I know his songs, but they're not ones that I would like have downloaded into my <laughs> like into yeah. my phone or something where I'm going to listen to them. But back in the day when he was on the radio and stuff, I heard them. So You would have the originals though, right? Some of the originals, yeah. Yeah. Like Hey Mickey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know, you, I, I know you had that one. I definitely have some of the originals. Yeah. You know, another one bites the dust. I've right. got, I've got that one. And... Now, question: Did you? Is it? Is it? Did you? Are you bopping along to this music because you know the original, or are you bopping along to it because it, you know the weird? It album? very well could be because I know the original. <laughs> However, I know the words to the song. Like I, I couldn't tell you all the words right off the top of my head, but mm. I know the words to the song. If you know what I mean, like, yeah. like they're familiar. Yeah, definitely. I I get where you're coming from. Now, you, I think, you are a big fan of his. I am a huge Weird Al fan. I have been listening to Weird Al since I was a teenager. In and around my varying punk metal, hard metal, you know, rap music background, Weird Al was always kind of in the background of all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, but he, I, I, I've listened to everything that he's ever put out. I think Miles, our son, he, we, he, he wanted to listen to every Weird Al song. Mm-hmm. We started at the very beginning and we went straight through. He and I the whole way through. I remember this time period. Yes, 
<laughs> this was the uh, time period where we were singing Party in the CIA a lot, and it was really annoying to Andy, who liked Party in the USA. <laughs> yeah. So, but yes, I am I am a huge Weird Al fan. I love his original movie, UHF. It's one of my favorite movies of the 80s, the late 80s even. It's just, he's weird. He's goofy. He's off the wall. He's my kind of guy. That's the kind, like, when it comes to humor, that's the kind of humor that I like. Weird, crazy, off the wall, wacky, Mm -hmm. unexpected, bizarre stuff. And that's what Weird Al does. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. So who is in this motion picture? This was directed by Eric Appel. It was written by Al Yankovic and Eric Appel. Yep. Starring in this movie, we have... As Weird Al, we have Daniel Radcliffe, Diedrich Bader, <laughs> David Bloom, and Richard Aaron Anderson. Evan Rachel Wood is Madonna. Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. I also love Dr. Demento, by the way. I, I didn't grow up on him, but when I was, when I was a teenager, I, I got gifted a Dr. Demento album. And the guy that handed it to me was a guy that was in, was directing a show that I was in. His name was Mac. He was on. He was in. He was in the the air, air base players. The Eagle Premier Players is what it was called. We were doing a play called Blythe Spirit, and we got to talking about Weird Al. And he said, "Here, this is the guy that broke Weird Al. Listen to this." So he gave me this Doctor Demento album. It had all these weird, crazy songs on it. I love uh, it. Okay. Okay. Michael McKean as sleazy MC. Jorma Tacone as Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Paul Tompkins as Gallagher. Yeah. Akiva Schaefer as Alice Cooper. <laughs> Conan O'Brien as Andy Warhol. Yeah. Emo Phillips as Salvador Dali. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Emo Phillips as Salvador Dali. That was that one killed me. I was like, okay, that's kind of perfect, actually. Nina West as Divine. <laughs> Jack Black as Wolfman Jack. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> De Brunson as Oprah. Arturo Castro as Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. Yes, Will... Pablo Escobar is in this movie, guys. <laughs> Will Forte as Ben Scotty. Will Forte is one of those guys that I just love just about everything he does. He is very, very funny to me. He had did this guy called he did this show called Last Man on Earth that was really, really funny. I don't know if you ever watched it, but it was really, really good. And finally we have Weird Al Yankovic as Tony Scotty. <laughs> yes. So he is in here. There, that yeah, there's a great bit between the Scotty brothers mm-hmm. when one of them, when the when the the other one, not the one that Weird Al is playing, what's the other guy's name? Ben Scotty. Ben Scotty. When Ben Scotty is dressing down the Weird Al character, the Tony Scotty character is like, okay, all right, maybe that's enough. Maybe, okay, all right, we get it, we get it. I know, I yeah. thought that was great because they kept cutting back to him yeah. and, and Al <laughs> was just like, like, yeah. uh. <laughs> all right, okay, I get it. Well, no, we're in a movie, but come on now. <laughs> oh, it's good. This is, this is the kind of movie that I absolutely expected from Weird Al. Given, given his my experience with his other movie, UHF, I knew we were going to get something this bizarre. As soon as they announced it, I knew it wasn't going to be a straight up. I knew it wasn't going to be a straight up biography of him. But there are truths in this. Now I don't know if you uncovered them in your in your. I came across a few. Research. Okay. There's not many. No, there aren't many, but there's and, there's a handful. And it's it. The truths 
are overly exaggerated too. <laughs> so even though it maybe is a little hint of a truth, right. what's put on the screen is not what actually happened. So <laughs> You mean Madonna didn't sleep with Weird Al to get him to do like a virgin for him? No. For him? No? No. And I'm pretty sure his dad didn't beat up the salesman that actually <laughs> sold him his first accordion either. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I think he did. I think he needs to be in jail, his dad. <laughs> Wait, his dad might be deceased. But anyway, yes, yeah. <laughs> All right, so do you want to get into it? Let's do it. Do you want to just read this like straight through and like talk about it as we go? Or what do you, what do you want me to do? How do you want to do this? This feels like one of those ones where we're going to be talking about bits. Yeah. It is a comedy, so like you said, it's a little yeah. harder to to cover. Yeah. I think we go through it like we normally Let's do. Let's just do it yeah. like we normally Okay, so the movie opens what they call in media res, which basically means right in the middle of the action. And literally, Weird Al is on a gurney, on a stretcher. And going into an emergency room, the doctors and the nurses are working on him. The doctor thinks he's lost him, but he pops up and he says, I need paper and a number two pencil. Very specific. Right. Very specifically. And the doctor here is played by Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yes. I was shocked to see him in here. I mean, he's he's kind of a big name in right. the entertainment field right now. And then I, to see him in this little tiny part here, I was like, wow, look at that. <laughs> I, You know, what I think is funny is that nobody's too big for Weird Al. You know what I mean? Like from... For years, this guy has been parodying the most popular music in the world. Why wouldn't he grab somebody so, like Lin-Manuel Miranda? So let me tell you a little something about that pull, yeah. the celebrity pull that he has. This film was shot in 18 days. Oh, wow. Unbelievable with the amount of actors yeah. and actual, like, some of these are big name people, like, they're out there right like Jack now. Black, yeah. That pool scene, if I remember right, I'm trying to remember. I think they said they shot that in like an afternoon, like <laughs> six hours. But for them to be able to get all of those people scheduled to clear up, for them yeah. to all get there for this couple hour little shoot. <laughs> and it was basically, my understanding was he was just kind of going through his, you know, friends list and, you know. You know, inviting he people was, to be on his movie. He was, you know? go, he was going through and he was calling in favors. He's like, hey, you remember those record sales boosts that you got? <laughs> Get your ass off. Except that it's not really. I mean, David Desmelkian is not a, you know, a musician, but, you know, at least not a whatever, but not a you know, musician. I, I do find it pretty impressive how quickly they made this movie with yeah. how many people are in this. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How many days did you say? 18. 18 days. There are, I mean, there are independent films that don't get made in 18 days. Like movies that, you know, have to be done like guerrilla style and quick. Mm -hmm. They don't make them in 18 days. Yeah. That's crazy. Huh? Yeah. And then there's, there's a fight scene at one point where weird Al, I don't remember who he's fighting. It's the guys that come to take Madonna from the, okay. the diner. That apparently was shot in just a few hours. So, I mean, like they all had to be on cause they weren't doing or, I don't know. I think they, they had it scheduled. Right. They couldn't do lots of takes because they yeah. only had people for certain amounts of time. So That's crazy. Okay. So after we get this flash forward, we jump back in time. The voiceover, the Diedrich Bader, as Weird Al tells us, we're going to go back to the very beginning. And we learn that Weird Al, 
originally named Alfred Yankovic. Alfred Matthew Yankovic, his mom and his dad don't want him to play the accordion. They don't want him anywhere near that polka music that apparently is all the craze with the teenagers in his town. <laughs> this, this whole thing is so crazy. You know, his parents like find an accordion magazine and they're like yes. all like it's a nudie mag or something, well, yeah, you know? <laughs> his, his mom finds the, the Hawaiian shirt and she's got this look of disappointment like, yeah. oh, no. And yeah, and it, it, his dad, did, he... Okay, so an accordion salesman shows up and, well, let's back up because they have this conversation where where Al's father wants him to come work at the factory, quote unquote, the factory, where they don't know what they make, they just work there and it makes you into a man. And he wants Al to come work for him and Al's like, no thanks. He says, "Well, what do you want to do?" And he says, "Well, I want to ma- I want to make up words to other songs." That's what blasphemy. Do, well, yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> and so he sings like a version of Amazing Grace where he changed the words. And he's like, "Those aren't the right words." Like there's this like completely serious <laughs> the dad is like, "You know, those aren't the right words." And he forbids him to change the words to any songs. And later on, an accordion salesman shows up. So, just real yeah. quick. Yep. So, while they're at that dinner table, there's a line in there that just killed me. And I've watched this twice, and both times it just cracked me up. The parents have agreed that he needs to stop being who he is and doing the things that he loves. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> As all parents do at one time or another. Stop being who you are. Stop doing what you like. So the accordion salesman shows up, and the dad shows up in the middle of like the pitch to Al. And beats the crap out of the accordion salesman. The mom sends him off for a walk. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll go for a walk. <laughs> After beating this guy to a pulp. And the lady, is, the mom comes back and she's got a can of money. And she's like, I just, I'd like to buy the accordion from you. The and devil squeeze box. The devil squeeze box. <laughs> like the devil's lettuce, right? Like the devil squeeze box. Jeez. Yeah. So she buys the accordion for him, prom- makes him promise that he's only going to practice, you know, quietly and that she never, he never has to, he never lets his dad know that he's been practicing or that he's learning accordion. And he agrees. And uh, then he gets, he gets taken to a party by some of his high school friends. This is the raddest party I've ever this seen. This is like the coolest party <laughs> ever. Like they're playing polka music. It's a polka party. It's a polka party. Which, okay, so Weird Al music, he always has a polka song on every one of his albums. And and it's and it's usually a compilation of, like, songs that he couldn't, like, he didn't, like, make, like, a full, like, parody of. But he'll throw in a little bit of their lines into the polka, but it's set to polka music. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Pol- polkas are very much Weird Al's thing, I think. Well, he likes accordion, polka. so. He likes a good polka, yeah. let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he gets... <laughs> He shows up to this polka party, and some kids got an accordion, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, man, hey, Al, why don't you try it?" And he's like, "No, man, I don't want to try that. My parents will be pissed if they know that I tried an accordion. <laughs> parents are gonna kill me." <laughs> yeah, and so they do that. They they tease him. They peer pressure him into playing the accordion by doing the chicken dance. Yeah, you know the one, right? Yeah, the da 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 da. This is for the audience. Da 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 da. That one. Yeah. So they're doing that to him, and so finally he agrees. He's gonna play. 
And he straps on the accordion. He starts to play. And everybody is stunned by how good he is at playing the accordion. How well he manipulates this, this the devil squeeze box. But they're interrupted because the cops are there to bust them for their illicit polka party. This whole movie is just so ridiculous. Like through the ridiculous. whole thing, it's so bonkers. And when you think it really couldn't get any weirder, it sure <laughs> as hell does. So and why not? <laughs> We're talking about a guy who once wrote a song called "Dare to Be Stupid." So here we have it. So he, the cops, bring him back to the house, and he's standing right. This is one of my favorite things between the parents. He's standing right in front of the mom, Alice. And the cops are like, well, we, we found your son at an illicit polka party. And she looks at him and she goes, well, that's impossible. My son Alfred is in bed. <laughs> he's right there. <laughs> and the dad shows up and he's got like the straw boy. The straw boy. The hay, the the hay, hay boy, boy. That's yeah. what he's called, hay boy. <laughs> they made, made a little version of himself out of hay. They even put like a, like a, like a shirt on it and yep. pants on it and everything. It's kind of goofy, but... but he, you know, strained relationship with his parents aside, he ends up graduating from high school, moves out, moves in with some roommates, Steve, Jim, and Bermuda, and Al starts to try out for other bands as an accordion player, but he's constantly being rejected for that. Well, accordion doesn't really fit into a whole lot of things. You kind of got to do your own thing if you're an accordion yeah, player, right? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's like if you're a discus thrower... For the Olympics, and you practice by yourself, you've got to go get it. Yeah, you know, there's nobody that's going to go get it for you. You got to go get it yourself, as George Carlin yeah. said. So, so he's he's bemoaning the fact that he can't, you know, get anywhere with these bands. And the guys are like, "Well, why don't you know? You know, we're out here on our own. We can do whatever we want." The one guy's like, "Yeah, I drove into oncoming traffic and closed my eyes, and I, you know, risking death and blah blah blah." He's like, "Take that, mom and dad." <laughs> so, so that. <laughs> Get, that urges Al to to admit that what he's always wanted to do is change the lyrics to popular songs, and they say, "Well, why don't you write one of those songs?" And he says, "Well, I can't. I have to. I have to have inspiration." And so they're like, "Yeah, yeah, I understand. Hey, why don't you go make us some sandwiches?" And so he goes to get some sandwiches. He goes to make sandwiches in the kitchen, and Al says, "Turn on some tunes," and it's "My Sharona" by the Knack, <laughs> and he has this moment <laughs> where. Where he, you can feel the earth shake under him as he's realizing this is it. This is the song. And he figures it out. My Bologna. Yeah. So he and his three roommates, Steve, Jim, and Bermuda, who also, by the way, those are the guys that are actually in his band. Those are their names. Those are the characters that they're, well, that the guys that are playing it aren't the ones. But right, right. Yeah. No, Bermuda is, his name is Bermuda, John Schwartz, but they call him Bermuda Schwartz. Ah, uh, okay. I see. It's goofy, right? He was the drummer. But anyway. So they, you know, they go to that bathroom to yeah. record this. Yep. Apparently that has a little ring to truth that, you know, the first time they did do a recording, it was in a bathroom. Yeah. Um, I guess the bathroom had really good acoustics. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah. And so, it, but apparent, apparently it was across the hall from whatever music studio they were recording in. Right. And so they dragged a bunch of equipment yep. over and they recorded. Yeah, it wasn't like in the subway or wherever right. the heck they went. It was <laughs> it was in a bathroom, but, yeah. but no, it wasn't where it was at. So. One of the guys says, I think the Fifth Street subway station bathroom has some great acoustics. <laughs> acoustics. <laughs> so they go and they run and do that in the movie. But he, so he goes to, he sends like 
the song to a local radio, radio DJ who plays it and everybody loves it. And then he ends up going to the Scotty Brothers Records label. And, you know, they play the music and the one, the, the Scotty brother that Weird Al plays, the real Weird Al plays, says, why would anybody pl- listen to, pay for a song that, that, that has different words when they can hear the one with the original words for the same price? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I just, I love the absurdity of some of the lines in this. Yeah. That like. Now, now remember. Yeah. Weird Al actually helped write this too, so he is. Oh, I know. Writing some of these <laughs> He's lines. He's all over this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can tell he is all over this. There, there's just like the whole bit at the end when when he's going to fight Pablo Escobar is you know, spoiler alert, guys is is definitely straight from the mind of Weird Al. That is something that he would do. He would definitely <laughs> do that. In like it's in it's in UHF. He goes all Rambo in in one of, in that, in one of his like imaginations mm. thingies or imagination thingies. This is where we get the scene where the one Scotty brother played by Will Forte is dressing down the character Al Yankovic while the real Al Yankovic looks on playing a different character. Like he's wincing as right? he's just wincing at as, the whole thing, as like, these insults oh, are coming out. Oh, okay, we get it. Just stop. All right, stop. So he's they basically say, look, if you get, you know, if you get some more experience, you may maybe write some more songs, maybe write something original, we'll put you on We'll, we'll make us, we'll put you out, we'll, you, put you, we'll sign you or something. You can't right? do an album with just one song. Right, just not one song. You have to, we have to have more songs, right? Yep. So he comes up with another song called I Love Rocky Road, which is based on I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. And he performs it at a biker bar. And he starts off playing by himself, and he's kind of flopping, but his roommates are there and they come to his rescue and they play the backups music or back backups music. The, I love the line where Al's like, why didn't you guys tell me you could play? And they're like, I didn't think it was relevant till just now. <laughs> it didn't seem relevant until this moment right here. Yeah. So Al somehow lived with these guys, had no clue they play. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite bit in this scene is the biker who grabs the bartender and is like, I need, I'll take three beers and three scoops of Rocky Road. And the guy's like, we don't serve ice cream. Well, you better serve some ice cream or you're going to have riot in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, he wants it. Everybody wants ice cream now. But at the biker bar is Dr. Demento, who... Just happens to be at the biker Just bar. happens to be at a biker bar? <laughs> Which, as I understand it, this is exactly how they met. I'm kidding. That's not how they met, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they weren't they didn't meet a biker bar but the he comes to al and he says look you're you're great i think you should keep doing what you're doing i want to be your manager and but he thinks that his name is too long (laughs) and unwieldy and doesn't really have any flair to it so he he suggests that al change his name from al yankovic to weird al yankovic And Al's like, I love it. Rain Wilson plays this part pretty well. Rain Wilson is very, very good in this role. Now, Dr. Demento is from Minneapolis. We have another Minnesota connection for you. Wow. From Minneapolis. Later on, Al goes to a pool party that's hosted by Dr. Demento. And... Like the who's who of 
Hollywood no, is there. No, no, it's the who's who of Holly Weird. We have we have Alice Cooper. We've got Salvador Dali. Yeah. We've got you've got Pee Wee Herman. You've got Divine. You've got God. There's uh, there's so many so mm-hmm. many people there that are just like. This feels like Al was like, okay, we need to have somebody playing all the weirdest possible people in this because these are my people, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So they wanted to have Freddie Mer- Mercury here. Oh, sure. But Queen said no. Sure. Makes so sense. that's how they ended up with John Deacon, <laughs> which I think is better almost with how this whole thing played out it's it's way better i think because nobody knows who the hell he is yeah they're like he's like i'm the drummer from queen and they're like oh yeah, oh yeah. sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah him. <laughs> so at the party wolfman jack shows up jack black as wolfman jack he shows up and basically accosts al saying you got to prove yourself you need to write a parody right now right in front of us Jack Black is another one of these people who, man, he's had some stinker movies, but I I really enjoy him still. He's just goofy. He seems like a decent guy. I've, I've seen some different things of his out on social media, and I, I just enjoy watching him. So I was I was excited to see him on screen. Yeah, I don't consider I don't consider Jack Black to be like a great actor, mm-hmm. but I consider him to be a great goofball, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you need sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he is great as Wolfman Jack here. <laughs> anyway, he he challenges Al, and he says, "Now you gotta, now you gotta make one." He says, "Make a song to another one bites the dust by Queen." Right now, on the spot. Right now, on the spot. So Al comes up with another one rides the bus, and the like. Some of the other people in attendance there kind of get involved. They're like doing the horn honks and the. The yeah. things, and even Dr. Demento's getting involved. Everybody's impressed with him. Al lands a record contract. Oh, wait, wait. Before before yeah. we go to the record contract, yeah. John Deacon comes up and says, you know, that was amazing. We're playing a little oh. show called Live Aid next week. <laughs> yes. Would you please come play with us? And he's like, hard pass. And everybody <laughs> starts laughing. Oh, my gosh. That was great. He doesn't want He's not going to do it. Not doing that. Hard pass. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he he does get that record contract. Yep. And the original artists on that record experience what they end up calling the Yankovic bump, which is a real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah. However, it is not to the level of what they talk <laughs> about in this movie. It is what? it is there, Come on. and they do see an uptick in sales. Nirvana actually credits him with an extra million units of Nevermind, but it's not to the extreme as what they say in here. But it is a real thing. Thriller definitely doubled because of Weird Al, right? I don't know if that... I don't know. I don't know. I don't he think had so. To have. Why? Without him, who would have even known? Without Weird Al, who would have known... About Michael Jackson. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going with this? <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Just like the movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Al's album goes multi-platinum. And he gets he gets interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. And he shows her that he always wears one silver disc around his neck for each time it went platinum. So he's got like five silver discs 
hanging around his neck, which is going to come into play later. Dr. Demento is trying to get Al to make his own original song. And he he roofies him, right? Like, that's yeah. what he does. He roofies him. He gives him guacamole that's laced with LSD, and it sends him on this crazy trip. And he comes up with an original song that no one had ever heard before. He calls it Eat It. And this is what I was referring to with the whole Michael Jackson thing. Okay. (laughs) That the the movie exists in a world where Eat It was the original song and Beat It was the parody to Eat It. Not the other way around. Now, there was a video playing in the background. Was that Weird Al's actual video for Eat It? I could not tell. Okay. Because it looked like Weird Al and it looked like maybe from that time period. So I was thinking it was, it might've been the actual original video music video. It was hard for me to like, I I've watched this twice now and I could not tell either time if it was actually Al or if it was Daniel Radcliffe dressed as Al. So I don't think it was Daniel Radcliffe. No, no, not in, because it was like playing in on like a TV screen in the background. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think it was Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. So right around this time, Madonna is looking for the Yankovic bump, if you knew what I mean. <laughs> and she shows up. She kind of weasels her way into Al's life and tries, trying to convince him to parody Like a Virgin. But he says, nope, I only write original songs now. And they he gets warned multiple times. Dr. Demento tells him his His bandmates tell him, you know, Madonna is a snake. She's just trying to get, you know, she's using you for the Yankovic bump. But he, he's not listening. So they, they have this big romance. And so real quick. Yeah. Madonna, it was her suggestion to do like a surgeon. That is true. Yes. But she didn't talk to him about it. It was like, she talked to somebody that somebody talked to somebody and, (laughs) Al's camp, and then that's how it happened. So it wasn't like a direct request or anything like that, but it was her idea. She didn't show up and make out with him or anything? No. Oh. So the movie is 100% I'm guessing Al's wife probably wouldn't have liked that. So you're saying this movie is 100% factual, then? Okay. (laughs) No, not even close. Okay, well, you know. So Just because it's on TV doesn't make it true. You know, speaking of which, we watched this on Roku. Because it's only on the Roku channel, and you can only watch that on a Roku or a Roku-enabled device. I got I got problems with Roku, man. Holy cow. We'll talk about that. How about we talk about that at the end? I'll leave that for the end. We're okay. going through the movie right now. Okay. So Al is getting ready to do his big show. He finds out that Michael Jackson has parodied Eat It with a song called Beat It. And he gets pissed off he assumes that people are he believes that people are going to think that eat it is a parody of beat it which honestly that's what happened right i mean everybody thinks that that's what it is but it's not that's not the case turn around so he throws an epic temper tantrum he throws an epic temper tantrum he's about to walk out and madonna he's drunk he throws this temper tantrum madonna's like hold on you can't leave without your keys you need your keys to drive so right around this scene, too, this is where Dr. Demento is talking to him about getting 
Led Zeppelin to yes. open for him. And he's like, no, I already talked to Howie Mandel, promised to him. <laughs> and there's a back and forth. And he's like, look, I'm not bumping Mandel for Zeppelin. <laughs> This is what this is why this is such a crazy movie because that's in real life. No way. <laughs> right. Hey, this is real life. I would do it. Drunk Al gets into a car and takes to the road, running away from this issue that he's kind of imagined that people are going to think that Eat It is a parody of Beat It. And he gets into a massive car crash, and this is where we pick up from the beginning of the movie. Yep. When he, when he comes to and he asks for the paper and the number two pencil, Madonna is the one that shows up and hands it to him. And he writes like a surgeon. Yep. He's inspired to write like a surgeon. He premieres that show on stage that night, but he is still so heavily injured that at one point he crawls over to Madonna and is begging her to let him get that blood transfusion that he needed. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 just go finish and then we'll, we'll go back and you can sleep it off. This reminded me a little bit about the Rocket Man thing yeah. where he like overdosed and like within a day or two he was like right back out on stage right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that that's I think that's what they were going for there. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so he gets out there, he performs like a surgeon and then she's getting him ready for the last song which is going to be Eat It and it has his jacket, which he says, that's not my jacket anymore. That's a Michael Jackson jacket. It is the iconic red Michael Jackson right. jacket from the 80s. That, that like, you know, the one that he, the look that he stole from Al. So, yeah. yeah. Darn Michael Jackson. Damn anyways. you, Michael Jackson. <laughs> so, Al goes into a huge tirade. He's, he grabs a bottle of Jack Daniels. And just starts slugging JD on the stage and is shouting at the audience, telling them they're all a bunch of slaves, which is Jim Morrison. I was going to say, exactly, now this is from the doors, that right? That is 100% yep. from the door. It's from Jim Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just like has this epic freaking meltdown on the stage in front of everybody. And he, he keeps, he keeps egging the audience on asking them if they want to see it. Do you want to see it? I'll whip it out. I don't even care. I haven't shown it to you yet, but I will. I'll show it to you. I'll whip it out right here. And everybody is like, yeah, whip it out. And he does. He pulls out his accordion. <laughs> and that's when the cops tackle him and they take him away. He's arrested for lewdness, public lewdness, which apparently, hey, who knew? The devil squeeze box isn't even looked looked nicely upon out in the real world. Well, you can't be you can't be flashing your devil squeeze box around, man. That's just not appropriate. It's just something you got to keep private, man. Nobody that wants to see for that thing. Private purposes, man. So Al gets released from jail, and he goes to Madonna. and He says, "Look." I'm worried that I've 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 alienated everybody that is I've ever cared about or whoever cared about me, and he's worried that she's the only one left. They're in a diner and he's having this heart to heart with her, and suddenly they are beset by cartel people from Pablo <laughs> Escobar, who is one of those people that Doctor Demento had thrown out as offers that Al had gotten. To do. Yep. One of them was to play Pablo Escobar's 40th birthday. Al told him no, and this was the response. They came, they took Madonna, and they run off. He's going to use Madonna. He's going to use her as a pawn to get 
Al to play at his 40th birthday party. So Al, after beating up these guys in the diner, flies to Columbia and then dons his camouflage Hawaiian shirt (laughs) takes to the jungle and murders a whole bunch of Pablo Escobar's men. He breaks into the Escobar compound and he confronts the drug lord and he says, I want my woman. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you can... You can have her, but all you got to do is play for me. And Al's like, I'm not playing for you. I'm not your monkey. He says, I'm not your monkey. (laughs) (laughs) So a big fight breaks out. One of the men tries to shoot Al, but it ricochets off of one of the multiple platinum discs that are hanging around his neck. Remember I said that was going to come back. Here it is back again. It ricochets off. Al uses one of the discs to hurl at Pablo Escobar and impales his head with it, killing him instantly. They kill off all the rest of the guys, and Al has a moment where he has to pull the disc back out of the guy's head because he doesn't want to lose his jewelry. You know, that's probably expensive. It's platinum, you know? He's yanking it out. He's like, oh, it's really stuck in there. And like, <laughs> this is this is essential Weird Al stuff. Oh, it's really stuck in there. Oh, jeez. Oh, there's blood everywhere. Like, that's that's his thing. But when after it's after the smoke clears, Madonna has decided that she doesn't want to be a musician anymore. She thinks that she and Al should take over the Pablo Escobar drug empire. But Al's <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure my family would never talk to me again if I ruled the drug empire. <laughs> <laughs> so he rejects her. They have a big fight. She shoots at him. She's a very bad shot. Really bad. Like, she shoots, I don't know how many bullets out of that it's gun. unlimited. Unlimited amount of bullets out of the gun. Doesn't hit him once. Hits everything around him. <laughs> it's kind of like that Pulp Fiction scene where, like, the guy busts out of the bathroom and shoots at the at the Jules and, and Vincent and doesn't hit them. He's point-blank range. Anyway, he goes home. Al goes home. And he decides he's done with the music biz. He goes to work at his father's factory. And they they have this moment because Al had been asking his father, what do they make at the factory? And the dad's like, the dad won't tell him. I don't remember exactly how he puts it. I don't remember either, but I don't think anybody really knows what they make at the factory. (laughs) They, They have this scene where Al is being taught how to run his machine, which is basically turn a knob, flip a switch, turn the knob the other way and flip the switch back. But you have to do it in that order. And he asks the guy that's training him, what do we make here? And the guy's like, ah, <laughs> your dad told me you were a riot. He was right. <laughs> and he walks off. So it's like, well, there's nobody knows. <laughs> but that my, my favorite bit in this scene was Al doing the things out of order and he ends up killing some people. And then he like, like goes back to doing it the right way. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but his dad confronts him. His dad shows up and is like, hey, you don't belong here. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. And he pulls open his shirt to show that he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt underneath, indicating that he's always supported Al's chosen path secretly. So he then tells Al why he was so hard on him. And it's because Dad grew up in an Amish community and was excommunicated for learning accordion. 
and trying to play the accordion. So he wanted to prevent Al from making the same mistake, so he decided to take the choice out of the equation for him, which I think is hysterical. But then, while he's going through, like, he, he's like, Dad, do you have any pictures? Because there's, like, this, this journal that you're showing me. He shows him this big journal. He's like, do you have any pictures? Because this journal that you're showing me, it's really dense. It would be nice if I had some pictures or something. Any, any, any photographs? And he's like, no, nah, I don't have any photographs, but I have this sketchbook. <laughs> it's like this, this elaborate <laughs> sketchbook story of the dad's life. And it comes to life and kind of shows the, the whole story of his rumspringa and how he, you know, took up the accordion and all that. But while they're looking through it, a note falls out, and it is song lyrics that his dad had written called Amish Paradise. Another original. Yes, another original. And Al's, Al decides he's going to make this into a song, and he makes it into a song for him. He gets nominated. Oh, wait, wait. While he's playing the song, though. Oh, yeah. They pan across the audience. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he's playing the song at the award show. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets nominated for an award and he's playing the song at the award show. And yes, they're panning across the audience. And who is there? Coolio. 1985. So there is a story about a little feud about the this song in particular that <laughs> Weird Al had asked Coolio's people if he could parody the song. Mm-hmm. And... They said yes, but apparently never ran it by Coolio. Yeah. Coolio didn't want him to, but it was too late. He had already released it or something like that. So there was kind of, I guess Coolio was pretty mad about that. I don't know if they ever worked that out or whatever, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I remember hearing that story back when that song oh, yeah. was coming out. So Now, I have a question for you. When they show Coolio in the audience, how does he look to you? He looks upset. He doesn't look upset to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he looks like he's like, yeah, I'm going to make a song with this beat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It looks like you have another situation like the Michael Jackson situation uh. where he's going to play Beat It to the song <laughs> to the tune to Beat It. Yeah. So, like, this seems like just a little jab at the Coolio people. Yeah, could be. Which is kind of sad because Coolio's dead now. He yeah. just died. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sad, but kind of funny still in a way. <laughs> kind of like, ha Well, there's for me. <laughs> there's, a, there's another moment here coming up with a well with prince yeah. we see prince <laughs> storm yeah. off too and he's right. he's passed too but apparently prince is one that al tried getting permission to parody one of his songs several times right. and prince always said no yeah and they threw prince in here storming off when he wins an award so <laughs> <laughs> You know, Al did like to throw in like a little bit of Prince lyrics here and there. In fact, in Gangster's Paradise, he says, we're going to party like it's 1699. Yeah. So, I mean, that is, there is a connection. There's an Al Prince connection. Mm -hmm. Al Prince. What an interesting name. Anyway, so while he's there and he, he gets the, he wins the award. He wins the award and he's having the, he has this great speech and he says, now, this, this moved me. This really genuinely moved me. He has this speech where he's saying, live the life you want to live. Be as weird as you want to be, and you will never find true happiness until you can accept who you are. It is moving, truthful, from the heart advice in an otherwise completely batshit movie. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a good speech, too. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. But after he makes the speech, he gets gunned down by Madonna's men. Yeah. Al Al Yankovic dead 
1985, he died. It was terrible. So sad. Yeah, very sad. They I don't should... know how he's directing this movie. But... I don't either. <laughs> he didn't direct it, though. He co-wrote it. From the grave. Oh, that's because, true. <laughs> because we'll see. Okay, so so they cut to the credits, and it's this credit. The credit sequence is like basically pictures of Al's life, and it starts out that way anyway. So it's like young Al as a baby, Al as a teenager, Al when he first gets on the Dr. Demento show, blah, blah, blah. And then they cut to like Al with the queen. And it's obviously his head photoshopped on somebody with somebody with the queen's head photoshopped on somebody else. Yep. And then like there's a shot of him with a gigantic gun just going gangbusters with this like M60. And it's his head photoshopped to get like ridiculous there's a boxing match shot all these great shots and then after that we have this interscene where madonna goes to his headstone to lay flowers and a hand reaches up from under the grave he's not dead he's still alive that's how he wrote this <laughs> al is back from the dead to write more parodies he is all right so at the award show we get to see tony scotty which is the character played by weird al and he is sitting next to a woman who is actually his wife, Su- Susan Yankovic. So oh, she, Al's wife? Yeah. So oh, cool. So, yeah, the lady sitting next to him is his wife in real life. So real Al Yankovic playing Tony Scotty. Tony Scotty, Is yeah. sitting next to his wife. Yep. Who's playing his wife. Yep. In character. <laughs> in a movie that is a parody of his life about his parody songs. Inception. But anyway, I have a story. I saw this on Twitter before I deleted it. Weird Al got to keep that headstone. Yeah, he took it. It was the only thing. Yeah, Yeah, he took it. He was allowed to keep it. And he put it, he took it home and he he put it in the backyard for his wife to find. I'm sure she's not surprised. <laughs> no. I mean, she's married to the guy. If so. she's married to Weird Al, if you're married to Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm assuming you got to expect those kind of things. Just kind of expect it, right? <laughs> All right. I would think so. Do you have any any interesting trivia I stuff? I do. Uh, stuff I, I haven't come up with yet yes. here. So I have a quote from Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. And this was out of one of his interviews he did. He says, I got this offer to play Weird Al in the Weird Al biopic. And I was like, that's really cool, but there's people who are probably physically closer to him. And as soon as I read the script, I was like, oh, that doesn't matter. That's not what we're doing. (laughs) Accuracy and realism is not really the full name of the game here. (laughs) Accuracy is is barely any of the game. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Also, Daniel Radcliffe was... Weird Al's first choice to play him in this movie. You're kidding. He saw him sing the Element song on the Graham Norton show, and the performance stuck in his head, and he was his first choice, and they actually pursued him as first choice for this role. That's crazy. Okay, so there is a trailer for this movie before this movie was ever made, before they even really wrote a script for this. Mm -hmm. Funny or Die put a trailer out. Mm -hmm. It was, at the time, a fake trailer. But it has Aaron Paul as Weird Al. And I thought, I would watch the shit out of that. He's really good in that trailer. Yeah. But 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 Daniel Radcliffe was the guy that he went with. And right? if they didn't get Daniel Radcliffe, they were going to try and go after Adam Driver. 
I would have watched that. I would have watched that too. That I think been good. I think he would have been. I, yeah. I th- you know I, I remember seeing him in. Wasn't there like a little like short something he did where he was like what's that undercover boss thing or something like that where he yeah. played it undercover boss undercover boss Death Star Death Star yeah, yeah. that was pretty good yeah. <laughs> he was pretty good in that so yeah. Matt the radar technician. All right, Daniel Radcliffe actually learned how to play the accordion for the film. He first took lessons from a friend, and then he also got lessons from Weird Al himself. Can you imagine getting lessons in the accordion from Weird Al? He said, so in one of his interviews, he said, I had to keep telling Weird Al, go slower, you're going too fast, because he was trying to watch his fingers so he could get the movements down but he said he was just he's really good and really fast and so it was hard to pick that up but he says i'm not very good but it's passable for the movie interesting but then they didn't have to like cut away from his hands they could actually show his hands and stuff in there so sure yeah that's true now it's not him singing though no that was my next one while he is playing the accordion here now the song parts isn't him playing it's just on screen that he's playing sure. so radcliffe sang the songs live on camera for the film but his vocals were replaced with pre-recorded ones by yankovic for the final version of the film oh interesting okay now real quick that original short you were talking about yeah the, uh, Patton the oswald actually yeah. played dr, dr. Demento, demento there yeah. and he was scheduled to play dr demento in this oh my god however he broke his foot no. right before shooting and because it was a tight shoot Ugh. they had to get somebody else in and so they have him in the bar scene but yeah. he couldn't play the dr demento part damn it Patton oswald would have been great not that rain wilson wasn't great rain wilson was fantastic but Patton Oswalt would have been fantastic as Dr. Demento. Just off the charts great. Also, you were talking about Aaron Paul. He yeah. was set to make a cameo in the film as a bar heckler, but he came down with COVID right before filming, and so he was Aww. also unable to participate. So That sucks. Maybe and they can digitally enter him in or add him in later in the special edition. They might. It's they possible. could. All right, that's all my notes. You have anything? Actually, you know what? You had asked about the Eat It video, and I decided to go and do a little sleuthing while we were talking here. Oh, okay. I came up with the fact that the film, that or the, excuse me, the video that we see in the film is actually the original ah. Eat It video. However, Daniel Radcliffe's face has been digitized onto Weird Al's face. Okay. I Okay, that makes sense because as the video is playing, I'm like, I remember this video. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when yeah. music videos, that that's what you did after school is you watched music videos, you know? I thought you didn't have cable. How did you watch music videos? I didn't, but that's what a lot of people did. Like if I went over to a friend's house or something, we could watch music but videos. But how did then. you know about this video then, Jennifer? Because I saw it when I was at other people's houses. You went to other people's houses? I know. Crazy. Show me a calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my political humor. Anyway, right. so that's the only other thing that I have. Okay. Right. Uh, I don't think I have any other notes. Before we get to Keep Renter a Race... I have a question for you. Okay. What's your favorite Weird Al song? Oh, man. Tough one, right? I would say it's probably going to have to be Just Eat It, maybe, because that's maybe the one I remember the most. Like some of the stuff that you guys, like the CIA thing, I hadn't (laughs) heard until you played it with Miles. So there's a lot of stuff I've never heard of before. Well, to be fair, that's one of his newer songs from one of his newer albums. Sure. So, yeah. I have I have 
two or three that are my favorites. Okay. Number one for me is always going to be Love That Song. Okay. I think it's hysterical. Don't know why. It's just funny. <laughs> but I also really like that Party in the CIA song. It's subversive and hysterical. But my recent top, the one that I'll listen to more often than not, is Skipper Dan. And it's about how boring it's a, it's a Weird Al original. It's not even a it's not even a parody of anything. It is a parody or not a parody, but a send up of the people that have to do the Jungle Cruise <laughs> jokes every day of their life. Yeah. And how over and over. Again. Yeah. And how Skipper Dan was supposed to be like this Juilliard trained actor. He was going to go places and he ends up working at Disney doing the same <laughs> stupid jokes over and over again. It's hysterical. I love it. It's great. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you for indulging me. So keep renter a race, Jen. Where do you stand and why? All right. I'm going to keep this one. It is crazy. It is weird. <laughs> But it, yes, is it is funny. Yeah, there was parts that I'm just laughing. And as we were talking about it, I'm laughing and I have tears coming out my eyes. I mean, it's <laughs> funny. Now, I'm going to say up front, this is not for everybody. Right. Not right. everybody's going to like this show. And people maybe that don't get Weird Al and what he is doing might not like this. Right. Yeah. But I think for the most part, I think people will enjoy this. I mean, if they like any of what Weird Al does, I think they'll enjoy this because this is what he does. Yeah. You know, it's just now in a movie format. So. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to keep it. I think it was funny. I think it's good. I've seen it twice. I laughed both times through it. (laughs) I would definitely watch it again sometime. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. How about you? This is 100% a keep for me. Like you said, very funny. It's heartfelt in a couple of spots and it is the exact thing that you would expect Weird Al to do in a movie about his life. Yeah. It is kind of the perfect companion piece to UHF in a lot of ways. And being a lifelong Weird Al fan, I would, I I 100% approve of this movie. It's a ton of fun. Like you said, though, not everybody's going to like it. If you don't like Weird Al, you're not going to like this movie, guys. If you don't have a sense of humor about like biopics, like if you really liked A Star is Born and you don't want anybody to make make fun of it, don't watch this movie because they are going to make fun of this. They're going to make fun of that. They're going to make fun of everything. There's even a there's even like a Ray moment in there where like he sees the accordion for the first time and it's like, wow, he's like touching it. And it's like it's <laughs> like this Ray moment. You remember in Ray where he like like touching the piano the first time? It was like this this godly moment they do the same thing with the accordion it's you know he sends everything up that's what weird al does that's his thing that's his shtick yeah there's even a a graphic novel adaptation or not adaptation but companion piece to this that i would love to get my hands on oh really yep okay coming out soon i think interesting all right so that's weird the al yankovic story the story of perhaps not technically the best but arguably the most famous accordion player in an extremely specific genre of music, Al Yankovic. What are we doing next? All right, next week we are going to cover the unbearable weight of massive talent. Speaking of people parodying themselves, that's kind of what this is, right? I was just thinking that. I was like, there's a whole, I mean, the whole thing too is, you know, and, and weird, you've got Pablo Escobar trying to get him to come entertain him. And <laughs> yes. now in this movie, it's kind of the same thing. Right. Some of this drug lords trying to get Nicolas Cage to come entertain him. Right. 
and he gets recruited by the CIA <laughs> to help out, like catch the guy. I guess. It's, it's, well, that's what the trailer says. So least, I guess. Yeah, we'll, I guess we'll find out. We will. That'll be next week, right here on the couch. Nicholas Cage. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.